0: laughing monkey music show taylor jesse hughes how are you
1: i'm excellent how are you doing my friend
0: i'm doing good. i'm doing good jesse is known for uh eagles of death metal but he's also known for boots electric which is actually i don't know which which album i, I actually came across first i think i think i came across all that all that music all in the same period of time it's been so long now uh i know my kids oh, love awesome. that album my kids boots, the boots album uh, uh my kids loved that we played it a lot when it first came out too when they were younger a lot of good dance.
1: It's funny because my son was in the studio a lot with me when I was recording it. So I, he was little, and I would constantly go, what do you think about this? So it's pretty funny that kids would like it.
0: Well, it's got a good dance to it, and it's, and it's out, and I like it as an adult because I like, I mean, we're close to the same age, and I like a lot of your influence. I know you like Parliament, and so you, your influence is a lot more, you know, like the old school, but it is different. And I feel it in the music. I can hear even some of your, uh, the vocals Harken back to like the a cappella in the 40s, 60s, and 60s, sometimes in the choruses. There's a lot of different, you know, nice influences that you, 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 you kind of go deep and it shows yeah, I'm, you know, just being pop music.
1: Yeah, I'm stealing from everybody, as my mom would say.
0: Well, I think only one thing was invented once and everybody just took from it and just kind of kept building on
1: it. That's exactly what I think. There's nothing new under the sun.
0: No, I think uh, between the the Beatles and Zappa, I think every song was very written. Now I would not suggest <laughs> Yeah,
1: absolutely, man. That's that's an dude. That's an amazing th- statement. Be b- between the beautiful. I'm going to sh- take that from you, dude. That's awesome.
0: That's yours. It's yours. Put it on a shirt. Um, because those are because of my bigger. Biggest, that's going to be on a
1: shirt, my friend. You watch. I will be wearing it by tomorrow.
0: You make that on a shirt. You better send me a copy. Um, it's I am a huge fan of both. I'm, I'm a huge. I'm a huge fan of both. Um, artists for their songwriting. I'm a big fan of songwriting. So it's not like just because of popularity. You know, I love, I love the the the, the deepest of an artist. And I think it's really great is um and I a really little about you as an artist is you, you do so much different music. Like you wouldn't expect, like you think, you know your first couple albums were like um I think it, when I first also heard you was like the desert, the desert was it desert rock albums, like three and four. Yeah, the
1: desert sessions. That's the very yeah. first appearance of Eagles of Death Metal.
0: Which is fantastic. And so you'd think that it had this really kind of fuzz rock, everything would be something else. But your influences you do so much music that there's no, <laughs> you have no rules, which is fantastic for a music lover.
1: Right. You know, I've always, you know, we all have heroes. We all have people that we model ourselves on. And mine's always been Tom Waits. And in mm-hmm. that sense, it's uh, whatever I do, I want it to be legitimate. That's how I look at what Tom Waits does. Whatever he does, he he will pick anything from the songbook of the world. He just, when he does it, it's legit. And that's always how I've approached it. Other than that, I love music in general. And I think it's our obligation as as, as recording artists, especially to, to challenge ourselves in corny things. Like, you know, the corniest things, challenge ourselves, grow, um, expand, and also stay true. And those are interesting uh, things to, to have to stay true to something while also at the same time expanding it. That's a challenge.
0: What is, your, what is your background for like I know because it feels like you just kind of came out into eagles like what were you doing prior I, and I know you've been involved with Josh for a very long time but what was your other musical projects you were doing prior to that you know
1: I actually had zero interest in being in a band and I had only been playing guitar for about six months when we made our first record
0: really Wow
1: and I was going through a divorce that was epic in my life and i was just in a weird place and my mother was worried about me so she called my best friend joshua to come check on me he heard i only want you he drove me to hollywood in my mother's car and here i am
0: that's insane clearly it's, you it's have very a, much it's like a combination
1: a, of cinderella and the sword and stone
0: it is um except without the fancy clothes
1: <laughs> yeah no fancy clothes and no mice turning into anything which i was a little disappointed in
0: well you weren't doing the right drugs at that time right?
1: yeah that's it if i had done the right <laughs> drugs those mice would have been transformed into a carriage
0: <laughs> but but on a, on a serious note it's, it's incredible obviously you had a wellspring of creativity because like you can't be just you can you're super talented people that no one's ever going to know about And there's people that aren't talented that can still perform But when you can do both together and you have the songs, that's kind of like a triple threat. And that's where you get the perfect storm together. You know,
1: I mean, in a way I had there was there was an inevitability. I I actually worked in politics and uh, I I was a journalist. I was a political journalist. That's that's what I wanted to do. And I came home one day and my ex-wife was in bed with another woman and it just blew me away. You know, I did something very typical. If this is what I get for serving you, God, then, then fuck it. Pardon my language. That's that's what I did. And it, it was like, in reality, everything that I'd ever done in my life had prepared me for something that I had no intention of doing. But it was where I was meant.
0: That's that's quite a thing to to, to have. That's a huge thing to, to do. I'm not making light of it. That's like a, a huge emotional it, betrayal. It's not even about, like... world about physical it's literally just an emotional betrayal which is harder than anything
1: it absolutely was the hardest thing i lost my virginity to my ex-wife i was i'm a devout i'm a very devout uh a catholic and a devout christian so at the time that it happened it was devastating to me and i and what ensued was a uh a, a horrendous custody battle that lasted over the course of the first two records.
0: That sucks. That is the worst. But Go it through. did
1: give me some insight. I'm always a great believer in whatever's going to happen to you, you're able to handle it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be happening to you. And uh, I never let the bad guys win. I'll shake well, you- my dick and keep dancing. That's kind of my rule. Just It's kind of like a... a, a, a a bastardization of Finding Nemo. Instead of just keep swimming, just keep shaking your dick.
0: I usually say just keep swimming. I'm a little more family friendly, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Know your audience, I guess, um, for me. Um, I still- that, that's, it, it. that's
1: it, that's it. Well, I censor myself and I say uh, just keep swimming.
0: Well, well, the thing is, it's interesting because you say, you, you know, you've gone through a lot and, and, and being devout Catholic. I mean, clearly you've challenged the boundaries of, of what's right and wrong for being Catholic. I mean, you really dance on it, you know, whether it be having fun with the video, but also with politics. I mean, the world is so different now. It's, you know, especially for somebody focused in that, it must be making you kind of nuts because it's so everywhere. Like, everyone's just so angry. There's no, you we don't have a firm ground and, and say, I'm here and I'm here. Now, people that like, I would have thought that would have been this way, I'm like, I don't understand what people are thinking anymore. Like, everybody is angry.
1: There's a a, a distortion in in logical thinking and in critical thinking. There's a, 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 and it only takes a moment where we can be led into something, but uh, we, I think, as an artistic community, under the belief that we were doing the right thing, incidentally became co-opted as uh, the propaganda arm of the government, and, and it disgusts me in a lot of ways. It used to be us against the world, and now it's, I think artists should have a little D or an R in front of their name,
0: or G. Green Party. You're not affiliated with either. Yeah, of
1: them.
0: at least you're not affiliated with any of them.
1: You know, I I've never been affiliated with them, but because of some of my particular individual beliefs, I often get grouped into shit. But um, I just want my money, and I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. <laughs>
0: i vote for humans i vote for for the best for everybody to have the most rights absolutely i
1: look at every individual and that's how i vote for every situation situational and and i look at each situation and rock and roll is supposed to kind of be exempt from that it's kind of a dirty trick to say come in and let's dance and then as soon as somebody comes to your show and you're hitting them over the head who to vote for that's kind of a dirty rotten
0: trick it is that's why it's kind of just touching after me. I, I, was, I was looking for a, a deep political answer because I, I don't do that in the show. The show is more about music and fun. Take a break. That's all that it's platform. about for me. Right. So, to me, it interesting because you were doing it full time and the world's changed. And it was an interesting thing with musicians do take that platform and you are a musician. So, it kind of like comes back around at you. So, it, it,
1: working in politics prepared me perfectly for showbiz.
0: <laughs> You'll get more showbiz Perfectly. Than that.
1: There's nothing more political than showbiz. There's nothing. And I don't mean in terms of right or left. I mean, within itself, it it in and of itself is a perfectly political world. Everything's about uh, you don't want to make an- someone angry if in case they can open or close the door. You never know who you're talking to. These sorts of things. You can always tell when, when a, a person who's famous is treating someone like crap until someone goes, oh, they're so-and-so. And then, oh, now you're a human because you've been introduced properly that's the kind of thing that that to me if you've come to my show you're the most important person in my whole life if you're a fan of my music you're the most important person in my whole life and the last thing i would ever want to do is is crap on you
0: i think it's important though i think and i think a lot of artists maybe weren't always like that but i think since i've been doing the show and i started during covid like a, I didn't realize how so many people were doing, this, doing these shows. I would have probably done it if I realized there was some money. But I've done well. And the point is... I love yours. No, I, I,
1: I got to be honest with you. I, I'm enjoying this conversation immensely already. And that's awesome. So thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think I've talked to a lot of different artists. And I think one thing I've learned, and, and, and I think it's important for people. And, and the point is, people need to respect artists in a way... And, and most of the artists I talk to are not like, I'm getting uh, hit me dizzy here. there. <laughs> um, yeah. We your camera work. <laughs> I feel like we're in a Blair Witch project. I think that um, what's important is a little tube there. That's kind of a fun thing. Um, the humanized people, you know, and I, I said it, um, it doesn't matter who you are, even if you don't enjoy someone's music, you should know who they are as a person and respect them and get past that world of, I hate this artist because I don't like that kind of music, you know? It's not fair to, to right. do that. I think it's a, a human. And if you see an artist out in public, let them be. They're, they're still, they're still, they're still a the job. Still, they still, still have kids. Don't bother them if they're doing certain things. If an artist comes to town, you you want to support them. You want to support the merch. I talk a lot about the expenses that an artist pays. So if they're coming around, you got to support them. You know, I talk about how much the cost of the shirts, the travel, and the visas. So people just can't be like, oh, I'll come next time. You know, I think the real the reality of what an artist goes through is important. And, and the theme Absolutely.
1: And there's also there's also a reality to the investment into making quality music there's an mm-hmm. investment there of time and of of effort you know you have to it's almost like a doctor you kind of have to be well read you have to keep up on your reading yeah you have to keep up on your listening you have to keep up on your uh uh your knowledge of the new tech or the technology i mean i, I as far as i'm concerned that's how i look at it and I listen to music so much. I listen to music incessantly so that I can constantly be current. That takes a lot of time and investment. I mean, I'm sure we all could imagine that Frank Zappa was doing weird shit with music all the time, expanding his understanding. And for that, we're grateful.
0: The same way I'm
1: sure David Blaine prepares for his, uh, his show when he's doing magic.
0: It takes a lot of work. It does, you know. I do a, a side where my side thing that started with this. Actually, the start, show started actually um as a concept but a Weasel Zappa concert. Weasel's doing Frank Zappa stuff as in line. And sorry if people have heard me say this before, but I'm in line getting the shirt, and people are complaining about the price of the shirts. You know, I went to music school and I have a degree, or whatever. I know, I know there's more to it, and they're complaining about the price of it. I'm thinking there's so much more to it. It's not that. It's not the cost. So I said, I'm going to talk to the Weasel. I'm going to reach out to him and see if I get something going. And I actually I, I actually,
1: I can I can connect you to Dweezil because uh, he's a, a great and wonderful person, and what he's had to go through to play his father's music is insane.
0: I appreciate it. Actually, I have a show with him. I'm not on his website. but you go on, his oh website, dude, I
1: love. Let me tell you right now, Dweezil. Dweezil does not get talked enough about. He is. I agree. He has not celebrated as uh, nearly as much as he should be constantly. He is humble, humble to a degree that's almost impossible to imagine, considering where he comes from. And he has maintained his virtuosity to such a level that that we're lucky.
0: He is. I will tell you. I don't know. You talk about so on, on his channel. If you go to his website, um, we do a breakdown of his albums. We talk about how the albums came about, the songs, the players. Each album we do a breakdown of. Super fun. We're on a little bit of a break right now because he's working on stuff. We're gonna do some more albums and stuff. Um but he, that, he that's, he's, that's, he's, a, I, he's it's so great. It, it, they're fun things And he talks the facts and he's in fact he can remember stuff so far back and his details are like to do Zappos, Dude, his he, mind
1: is a is a trap, dude. That nothing escapes. It's almost like it has a a, a, a like a, an energy beam that's that locks in and pulls everything in.
0: And everything's a story with him. I, I mean I've Zappa does he buy that Eddie Van stories to, you know how he got to this thing how he re- he relearned playing guitar he, he was like we're the best at guitar and then he took a year off to just relearn guitar differently to play his dad's music like that's insane, you know
1: it's insane let me tell you something about him a story I have with him right after Paris we were at mates um and when I say right after Paris I mean right after the the attack in, in Paris in yeah we were uh, rehearsing at mates getting ready for the tour. And he was rehearsing there. And he came out. He knew exactly what had gone on. He didn't say anything about it. But he just came up and he goes, you're a Zappa fan. What would you like to hear? And I went, you think you could do the theme to Burt Weenie Sandwich? <laughs> and what I mean, I'll, I'll even almost get emotional because it was such a sweet and incredibly wonderful gesture. And he just went, let me see what I can do. And he went in and they played theme from Burt Weenie Sandwich. And I can't tell you what uh, uh uh what's the word I'm looking for here. What a, what a invigorating and and reinvigorating sensation it was to have someone as great as that man performing privately my favorite Zappa song. Well, just to I, cheer I, me up,
0: I, I can tell you this: I've never shared something here. I don't think when I started the show, I hadn't spoken to many artists. We just started it, and um, we couldn't do an episode. I was getting my feet wet doing this. And it was a couple of years back now. And um, I'm like, I can't do a show. I texted him and I said, um, my mother had just died of COVID. And um, he um, he said, oh my God, sorry. You know, and then that was it. I mean, because we didn't talk a little bit. Like the first time he gave me his number, I called him. I'm like, hey, Dweezil, it was weird hearing him on a phone. I'm like, yeah, it was just, uh, threw me off. And then we did a few shows, like just talking in Zoom. So it wasn't like a huge thing, relationship. But he called me shortly after. He said, hey, Sean, uh, me and Megan, I just want to check in and see how you're doing. Like, you, I mean, anyone knows Diesel how busy he is? That's he's 50 quality 50 projects. I mean, he's at fifty million projects. He's so busy, he's spread so thin. So am going to take the time and go, "Hey, we were just thinking about you," you know, a couple of days later, how you doing? You know, that's the same thing you got. I mean, he just cares.
1: And and you know, to think that anyone would prevent him from playing his father's songs,
0: no, is mind no, numbing it was, to me. It was a you know because yeah, on so many levels it does because it just. It helps. It blows music. me away. It, 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 hurt, so it helps self the catalog, catalog, too, though. To, to, you know, even if yeah. they don't want to, he's helping make money for the camera to the other people. That's, like, so it doesn't...
1: that's what I'm saying. He's literally keeping the Zappa name alive by actually being a continuing virtuosic guitarist. Mm-hmm. So he's literally maintaining the standard and quality and promoting it. And they don't even, I mean, it it blows my mind. I mean, that's obviously some sort of sibling shit that we can't understand. But I don't like it, and I don't have to.
0: I don't know what they're going to do at this point. I know, and I've talked to a lot of different Zappa uh, alumni at this point on my show, different musicians, but I always kind of stay away from that, because it's a very sticky situation. Um okay, You want to I hear know. something
1: I've heard multiple yeah. times about that, but let me tell you my little ph- phenomenal fantasy, like crazy stuff that you hear here in LA in the inside world. But this comes from very reputable people. Is it and- safe to
0: share online or is it edited out?
1: Yeah, it's safe because okay. it's, it's firmly within the conspiracy theory situation. So no, who's going to, be- however, when I got to tour the uh uh CIA headquarters at Langley, when we were invited, I saw a star on the wall that said Zappa. I don't know if it's Frank. I'm just saying I saw the star, but I've been told by multiple people that Frank Zappa was probably the most successful CIA field agent that the agency ever had. And uh, that, uh, that was always what he was about. And in a way I can see it, especially considering the fact that his father-in-law was head of the NSA in 1970. So, that would make him a potential legacy member. So I've heard this so many times from so many different older people that, of course, he would be recruited because, A, who he could make fun of the Beatles in real time. I mean, you could imagine the connections and the asset you would have in him. But it does make sense. And he was close friends with Jacques Cousteau, who we now know was a CIA agent. So a rock and roll CIA agency, somebody's got to make that movie.
0: You know, the only thing I would say, first off, is I don't know how he'd have the time, because the amount of time he was in the studio just making music, how he could do anything else, on any level, you know.
1: <laughs> well, if that is your mission, if that was your mission, then you would only make music. And after Paris, the only reason I it would even lend any credence to this is because I know that some of the departments that contacted us after Paris, especially once I was put on an ISIS death list. The, yeah. the agencies and the groups that contacted us and wanted to use us as bait, wanted to use us as lures, wanted to, all kinds of things. Uh, I started to see that they had these, like, outreach programs within the government. And from there, I can actually see some potential, especially because I've heard it from family members.
0: Yeah, I'm not even denying it. I'm not d- I don't weasel.
1: Even know no. But I haven't heard it from Dweezel, but I will tell you it's one of the more fascinating because if anyone is like a super agent superhero in my mind who would have the genius to do it, it would be Frank Zappa. I can almost see him like taking uh, everyday store chemicals, putting it together and then creating something that becomes an amplifier. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like
0: yeah. I could
1: actually almost see that. And I almost want to believe that
0: it would be if, it, yeah, if anybody could do it, it could be him. I don't know. From what I you know know about his personality, I would think no. But then again, I've learned the older I get the the more I don't know. You he know? ran
1: for president. He was the first person to literally put the first amendment on a record.
0: That would have been awesome.
1: And that he did that awesome. on one of his first records, he placed yeah. the first amendment. And some of his warnings to us about what yep. would happen in censorship, especially when the warning label was coming out, were prophetic.
0: Oh yeah, if you if you have his vinyl, I've have, I have a lot of vinyl of his, especially the early stuff. You open it up, it's all there. I mean, the blueprint of what was happening and gonna happen, he knew. Prof-
1: and profoundly insightful critiques of what was happening at the time. Absolutely. Profoundly insightful critiques of what was happening at the time. I have a, I have a lot, I have, I think everything that Mothers of Invention ever released on vinyl, and I have most everything Frank Zappa released. I'm a beef-hard Zappa fanatic. When I was growing up in the desert, you could say that the kings of our world were Frank Zappa and anything on SST.
0: I can see that. I can see that. What about Thingfish? Because yeah, I'm it's, a it's Minuteman Deweezing. fanatic. Oh, a little, well, Minuteman, yeah. That's another, another great, great uh, band. Um, so so, so to that point, actually, I said it said one time, I said, I said, Dweezil, I said, what is, what is the, the, uh, the roughest album? Like, you know, it's like the not uh, album. And I think that what always surprises me most is when it, and people say because I told him I said I actually got this album through him through one of his albums. I knew of Frank. Oh, but I didn't awful. know, so I, I heard I heard Dweezil's album and I said, oh, I, you know, I know about Frank, and then I started listening to Frank, and so kind of reverse engineered into it. So it makes sense that I was with with Dweezil and we've done all this stuff. Now He's worked together, um, but he says the funny thing is oh, always the strangest thing that comes up is um, when people say thing fish. Is the album that got them into Zappa. That was their first Zappa album. And I'm like, what an album. Like, right? Can you imagine being your first album of Zappa, this Thingfish? Yeah, that's, that's right?
1: epic. That's
0: It's kind of abrasive. What a weird if not, start? You know what I mean? Like, because like, he, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, I'd like to know a little bit more about them. Like, what else have you got into your collection that you're listening to that that's the album that gets you into Zappa? Like, what else is going on there, type of thing?
1: You know? Yeah, for real, dude. What else? Like, <laughs> That's that's like starting with uh like uh, you know abstract algebra,
0: right? I mean it's it's the most insane album to get into for him, but yeah, it's pretty funny. So, what I, it, do you have
1: a favorite Zappa? Uh,
0: do I? I I don't I like with everything. I go back and forth. But I think the one that holds the true, and I actually just posted a short on this one actually up online today, the clip of one of the interviews uh, from when Dweezil we did is Billy Billy the Mountain, because a it's epic. It's a great story. Yep. There's a story. There's an arc to it. There's some humor. There's a lot of musicianship. The fact that it always changed and it kept it live was fantastic. And also my kids, it was like the only song I could play for my kids. Right,
1: so, right, right, right,
0: right. It didn't give me an aneurysm or get me in trouble with my wife. So, um, and to the, yeah, the, it didn't get you in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And my kids still know it to this day. My daughter knows all the words of that song. Her and her friend used to sing it all the time together. So I think that's probably yeah, going to be my... That's, that talk about being
1: grounded. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's what mine's Bert Weenie, Weenie
1: Sandwich. Uh, the, the theme from Bert Winnie Sandwich is one of my all-time favorite songs, and and I love. I'm especially fond of the flow and Eddie era.
0: Well, I mean, that was great. And you look on paper, you think that wouldn't make sense originally, but it does make sense if you know if you know the band and you know both, all the artists. It makes total sense. But if you look at yeah, the outside, dude. you're like, turtles is Apple? Like it seems like weird on some level. On the outside, if you don't really get it, you know,
1: like, yeah, like the, the, the turtles and Zappa. Uh Right. But if you think about it, he was a doo-wop artist in the very beginning.
0: Absolutely. That's what I'm saying.
1: And it makes sense. The anecdote that I've heard of when he was dying and Captain Beefheart would call him and wouldn't even be able to speak. He would just play their favorite doo-wop songs from when they were kids on the phone. That's one of my favorite and t- most touching anecdotes, whether it's true or not, I'm not certain, but I've heard it enough. And, and, and it, it's a beautiful thing that I want to believe, you know?
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'll ask, I'm going to ask Dweezil if I, uh, next time we talk about that, if he uh, has a point of reference on that one. You know,
1: You also tell Dweezil that as far as I'm concerned, I f- effing love that man and I am on his side 100% in almost anything, and uh, he's one of my biggest heroes. In fact, I have, I still have his signature uh, uh, crate.
0: Really? Wow. That's... Uh, it's one of my favorite... Be- I'm sorry, you may actually enjoy that and not sell my show, but on, on his website, because I don't... It's not everywhere else. It's just on his website. We did exclusively to draw people over there. Um, the shows we did, the well, episodes...
1: I'm going to start following it now because that's there's not enough of that right now. There's, In my opinion, in terms of music, we have the dangers of what computerization was uh, threatening is starting to come to pass. And we don't have enough deep thinking when it comes to music.
0: I agree. And the, and, and the invention and the layering and I feel like we're quite on track about talking about you. But I think it's important that we talk about what inspires an artist and, and the fact that some of the stuff that Zappa did. Even if you're not a Zappa fan, musically, he, he always went out and recorded stuff live. And, and I was talking to uh, Chad, Chad Wackerman uh, recently, uh, drummer for like a billion years with Zappa. And I said, one yeah. uh, of the albums he did, I asked him about, it. I said, oh, did you, what was it like doing this album with him? And now it's escaping me. He goes, I don't, I wasn't in the studio because he just got that recording studio, the mobile one he bought. And I think he bought it from now. Wally Heider? He, no it's like it was like someone weird like the beach boys or is that something like some traveling uh unit he had he records everything he goes so he, it wasn't like a sit down recording it was just recorded and it was one of his albums he just threw everything together you know yeah so that's something a lot of artists could learn you know he chopped and added and built right off of it i mean so that's a huge creative thing that wasn't going on you know and he has fun. also he,
1: functional and in my opinion frank zappa the things he was doing may not directly have developed it, but it certainly led to inspiring a lot of the
0: home recorders.
1: It does, and and he
0: had fun. And I like, said, "What was he doing?" He told Twizzle. He said, "Twizzle, one time we got called downstairs to the uh, the studio. His dad played back something. It was like around, like it's like Drowning Witch or something. Like when you know, like in the songs, the voices are like really out of pitch and stuff uh, on the Drowning Witch album and um, uh, return uh, and and uh." He was laughing so hard. He, 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 my dad was laughing so hard. He was sitting the console laughing. He just like melted out of the chair, laughing so hard at how funny <laughs> it was that he was doing that in the album. <laughs> so I mean, he he enjoyed what he did. I mean, it was you know, and he had fun with it. Uh, well, he made mean, fun
1: it. of the Beatles in real time. Who could do that and get away with it? You know, we're only in it for the money, lumpy gravy. That that is a direct critique of of Untouchables at the time, yeah. and. And and people were happy to have him make fun of them. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they were. And I think even the Beatles at the point were starting to tear themselves apart too. They got they became something they didn't want to become, a parody yeah. of themselves. You know, I think I think it was good deconstructing all that music at the time. Um, and, and I just step back when people that don't understand how following along and they can look up deeper. I don't want to get into it. You were uh, Eagles were playing in Paris during the horrific day that I think like 130 people were killed. Uh, it was like 2015, and your band was playing. Um, and 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 actually one of the biggest things happened at the, at the, um, venue and and it was awful. Um, and it's more details. People can look it up. We don't need to, uh, you know, I I honestly
1: don't mind talking about it because, uh, you know, it, it, it might easily be thought to be, you, you would expect for me to say it was the worst event in my life or the ugliest thing I've ever seen, but I'll be honest with you to sum it up. In reality, starting from the second, the first bullet started being fired. It was, I saw some of the most terribly beautiful things that I could ever see. I saw three people jump in front of bullets for the people they love. That's the greatest demonstration of love there is, is that you give your life for your friends. And I saw it three times without hesitation at a rock show. There's nothing more beautiful than that, even though it was at a terrible price. uh, Everyone that was there was some of the highest quality of people, especially the ones that were taken from us. So it was the greatest honor of my life was to be able to represent whatever that movement or the, whatever that thing was. And, and everyone that I've known and, and met from it have enriched my life. I got to see the best of the world. I saw the entire world unite around mm. this. There's nothing but beauty can be terrible. And, and you have to make a choice as to what you're going to see. For real, in my opinion, and and I could have proceeded forward from that day, seeing nothing but the worst of the world, and never wanting to go back out on stage. But that's gonna let the bad guys win, and I don't have it in me to do that. And uh, I don't even know a single one of those monsters' names, and I don't really need to. I I know the names of every person that perished, and I know almost the names of everybody that was there that night, and. All they are are shining examples of the best you can be. So in in that respect, I, I I would never I could never allow myself to be a person that would have difficulty discussing uh things like this because it's not a bad thing that I lived. And the people that gave it all and demonstrated such courage and bravery, they don't deserve to have their story secretive just because I don't like surviving. <laughs>
0: Now I respect that. I mean, I respect what people... Everyone deals with things differently, and I think it's a, a, even more important if you can share it. But I also respect some people just can't cope with things a certain way. You know, and I would never... I have a fucked someone. up... So
1: I have an effed up sense of humor. So I've already gotten into some issues with my best friend Joshua Hami as we've prepared to start recording our new album because I'm dealing with Paris, but some of the song titles, just to give you an idea, are besides that, how was the gig? Oh, that's, that's one of the songs I've written because I have to, to do that. I, for me personally, I cannot let the bad guys win at all. And I can't let them make anything scary for me. So for me, I have to to do these things that at least give me some sort of, even if it's like a sick bit of laughter. Besides that, how was the gig to me is a variation on besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Yes. And uh, I, I feel like uh, that's, that's the best way to let these assholes know that they can't beat me.
0: Well, I think you, you guys went back and also went back and played there afterwards, which is, yeah, which resulted
1: in me being, uh, which resulted in a 900,000 euro bounty being placed on my head, which still stands, which to me is hilarious. It's like, why not go a million? If you made it a million, I might help you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like you're shortchanging me. Oh, you can't go the extra hundred grand? Jeez, man.
0: Why bounty? I don't get it. I didn't like because you played.
1: Because I was declared to be a pagan warlock. Really? <laughs> the complexity of these people. And so ISIS and the Muslim Brotherhood said that I was defying God by continuing to play. And therefore, uh, they marked me.
0: Wow. That's rough.
1: Which is like the ultimate, like, gonna get me laid situation. Like, these are the ultimate morons list, and I'm on the top of their bad guy list. I, that's awesome.
0: Well, actually, I know you've said prior, and I've heard you say, if some, I know one of the quotes you've done, actually, it's always always kind of funny, is if, you know, Adolf Hitler hated you, it would be the best, because being hated by the worst people is the best for you. So, you know, that's
1: the way I was raised. My grandmother, I actually... The only time she'd ever really use foul language, she'd say, son, you want an asshole to hate you.
0: So this is that's what you want. So this happening to you is just right up your. uh <laughs>
1: You know, you know, my bob said this in, in, in a dark humor sort of way, but of all the people that could have been there at that moment, you'd almost want it to be me.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you—that's you, you where you're I really very, do see the hand of God right?
1: in everything. I see the hand of God in everything, and, and it almost felt like my whole life and career led up to being prepared to do the right thing in that moment.
0: You, the aftermath, you know, in the video, and it was really about you. Is you're very emotional, and I like that because you know, you know, you, you'll 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 show your tears. You'll say I love somebody, and you'll show it. And, and people to do that now more and more but it wasn't always a thing for men to be going like, you know, to break down is you know very stoic. And to me, it was very healthy to see that. It was, I was like, yes, it's, it's, you know, and then you also, once you got past that part, you're, you know, you, 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 like most things in comedians, like after 9-11, you deal with the dark humor to get past certain things and handle things, you know, Um, and I can relate to that in my own life. Uh, The worst things I have going on with me, I clearly joke about them all the time because that's just a coping tool.
1: It's how we face it a little bit. It makes it a little bit easier to to turn around and look at it when it's got such big and ugly teeth. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it does. Um, you've been, and in- I had support.
1: I had such tremendous. See, that's the, that's the, the mess that if it, I mean the word message, that's, that's what I see this as. I don't see it as the horrific thing that these monsters did. I see it as everything that followed. And you got to see demonstrations of, of friends, a friendship between joshua and i and you you got to see uh people rallying to uh to our aid this these are the most beautiful things that you could ever ask for and sometimes i almost feel like maybe we missed the message that was there because uh in one of the most you know uh reputedly selfish self-centered narcissistic worlds there is which is showbiz we saw artists of all types doing the best possible thing. And it's something I'm most proud of, of the artistic community for. And I think because we don't put so much emphasis on sincerity in our business, uh, you know, if we're going to be sincere, we will struggle. Um, I I don't think it often gets highlighted maybe to the point that it should, but it's the only thing that's allowed me to keep playing. I mean, I'm still going and, and I'm still smiling and, when I approach making music, I don't have anything even remotely close to a nightmare. I don't have trouble sleeping. I don't have echoes of of darkness when, when I hit the stage. I'm very fortunate in that respect that I was able to overcome that. And I could never have done it alone. And I truly did it by little moments, like where someone like Dweezil Zappa extends a simple little kindness for a moment that meant nothing to him, but it meant everything to me. Yeah. And this is everything that's proceeded forward. And to me, it's a demonstration of the greatness in reality of some of my favorite artists, some of my biggest influences. I got to see them become truly great before my eyes. And I can't possibly be more grateful for that, you know.
0: <laughs> you know back to Dweezil in, in the same thing about knowing how important things are. I, I think he does know because he, you know, when his father died, uh, Eddie Van Halen was the first person to call him. All over his house. You know what I'm saying? And he appreciated yeah. that. I think it matters. Girl, it matters. It matters a lot, you know, that people acknowledge it on a different level. You know. And um, and,
1: it, and it may not be something that anybody else can see like like with the result, but it matters so much. In yeah. a way that sometimes even the person who's giving this great gift would never even know. And that again speaks to the humility of someone like Weasel. He did it for the right reasons. He wasn't doing it for the credit. He wasn't doing he did it for the right reasons, did it, and, and it probably he forgot about it. But as far as this person is concerned, uh he's he's a giant hero.
0: Yeah, he's he's good. Um so you've had <laughs> talk about challenges, good and bad going on, busy. So during COVID. You released, and you've done some um, online jams, and um, uh, like jam in the van and stuff, and things like that. Uh, you did, you did a, a covers album with some of your favorite songs. Yep. Uh, you're Super active on Instagram. I'm gonna put all your links underneath this YouTube show and on the podcast. Everybody knows they can follow you because you're on Instagram. You're doing always doing a lot of things too. Um, kind of like you're the king of karaoke. You'll you'll do any any song and then make it fun. Any song. Any song. Um, so the cover album is out. You know, and actually, he's promoted also on the Eagles' official uh, website. Uh and now you say you're, you're working on a new album with the Eagles too. Yep. Where are we at with music? Like, are you going to do any like solo stuff, touring, or any? You just focusing on the album. Is Absolutely. A, like, you know, I have
1: big plans. I have big plans, and I I want to I want to work until the second I stop breathing. So I'm always planning for that, and um one of the greatest joys of my life is to make an Eagles record because it's when I get to spend the most uh, amazing time with my best friend. Um, So I look forward, look forward to it, but I'm getting, I also, I've written the entire Eagles album. I've written an entire new Boots Electric album. Um, I already have my next covers album uh, mapped out. I have like four or five other projects, quote unquote, that I'm working on. And then I have this mission with the up and comers, there's a lot of the youth that I've been fortunate enough to have a, uh, you know an influence in their life. So there's a whole generation of kids coming up whom I love and I'm starting to produce their albums and uh, give them those first moments of opportunity in our business. I also just produced the new uh, Mickey Avalon album that we're mixing right now,
0: oh, which really? was
1: really amazing to do.
0: That's awesome. I know you've talked about producing, so it's good to see you getting into that too. It's nice to have, you know, both sides of it. I think it helps you as an artist too. I think it would be a different perspective when you write songs.
1: I I think in anything you do, like when you're, if you're an actor, if you understand how the camera works a little bit and you sort of have an understanding of what it's like to be a director, then when you're in a situation, you can communicate your ideas more effectively and receive them more effectively. It, 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 having universal experience makes you a more informed and more valuable component to anything you're going to be involved in yeah and our yeah. belief my belief is that when it comes to making music you check your ego at the door and you walk in and let the music tell you what it wants
0: i think it lets you see the forest you know through the trees thing, everything okay like if you don't have an ego it actually lets you kind of step out and see yourself and go oh you know what maybe this is not what needs to happen or needs to happen. And I didn't see it before because I was all about the artist and the song. And I'm not seeing this, you know, it's like being a a movie, being an actor or a director, you're seeing it from a different view. And you're like, Oh, I get it. I get what my part plays, but all the other parts have to be together to make a better, you know, and And you may have the ability
1: to see, to see the light at the end of the tunnel or to see what it might become is critical because I've been in situations where someone's asking me to do something that, at the moment for me i can't see exactly I, like i'm like i don't know i can't see where it's going to end up and it makes me hesitant uh to 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 be vulnerable in that instant but when you have a functional understanding or a functional uh dialogue capability it's easier to take chances or to entrust yourself because you can kind of see where everyone's going
0: yeah
1: and and it, it makes sense. it it makes things flow better there's less there's less leaps of faith required,
0: and and I think you you had a good situation of of playing with somebody who's been a good friend and, and a someone you can trust. I mean, you and Josh are like the best uh, buddy cop movie out there ever. Um, <laughs> you know, your relationship is, is fantastic. It's almost inspiring because it's so funny how he's, you guys have worked through so many issues together and then do so many horrible things and just keep keep going. You know what I mean? um
1: joshua is constantly reproving this to me and he is one of the finest individuals i've ever known in my life he is one of the best he is the best friend i've ever had in my life and he is one of the most brilliant artists that our generation has in my opinion his 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 natural genius is effortless and the ego that the man could possess could be phenomenal. But uh, I get a call from him every day checking in on me. And I'm the godfather of his children. You know, I, I, the man is an anomaly if ever there was one.
0: I, I, I think he's fantastic. And I agree. And I love, But I love to see the video of you guys together. I love the work you guys do together. I think it's, I think you guys inspire each other because I think of the relationship, how he cares about you. It's it, it, It's, you know, you guys really work well together um, absolutely
1: sometimes it, i'm writing songs just to see how he'll laugh about it
0: <laughs> you know what i mean and, i literally yeah. will
1: write songs where i'm like this is gonna make him laugh his ass off when he hears this and that's the only audience that i've written it for and i also loved i love putting that on display because a lot of times i'm not necessarily writing songs for people directly i'm writing something for someone else and i put it on display for the world to see
0: well i think that that's probably on some level it's better because i think you, you avoid the danger of what the beatles became at the end or what most fans do before they implode and you become a a parody of yourself because you're trying to do for everybody and you can't well, please please all the, everybody you have to please yourself and the fans like you, they can like it or not like it and still be a fan. You can, you know, just like a song. Absolutely. An album.
1: And, and Joshua was always pointing out things like, you know, you you have to stay true to yourself. You have to you have to do the right thing by yourself because nine times out of ten, it's the sincerity that's actually attracted your fans to you. And the mm-hmm. second you cease being sincere, and it may not even necessarily have to be about style, but the second you cease being sincere, you're dead in the water. Because people will smell that out. People will smell insincerity beyond anything.
0: Yeah. It, you know, and it, you, you are the no, real go deal. Ahead. No, so you are the real deal, though. I mean, you, <laughs> as, as active as you are in social media, people can tell you are who you are. You know.
1: You know the way I look at it. Uh, I woke up one morning and I had a mustache and a pair of leather boots and a cape and it was almost like the gods of rock were like you're gonna do this i know what you want to do but slow down sparky because we got bigger plans for you
0: (laughs) i'm gonna tell you and and this is funny because i'm not like a uh who's a big fan of mustaches but i'm gonna tell you there's like three or four people who have the coolest mustaches like like your mustache is like my spirit animal like like there are some people (laughs) like um just a handful you know Artists, yeah, mustaches, and they're so cool. And then, like everyone swears, them. I'm like, you look kind of like a jerk. Uh, And sincerely... You (laughs) have
1: to be serious about your mustache. If you have an ironic mustache, or if you've seen something, you know, there was a big group, a big movement in our artistic world, and I think you know what I'm talking about, when people would be like, look, I'm wearing bell-bottoms. Look how stupid it is. That's the wrong reason to do something. I've never thought, look how stupid it is. I looked at Tom Selleck and went, wow if i look
0: like well the mustache is also more confusing who is um the other guy who's just like uh sam um i can't his darn name now he's all the military movies he was a dude in roadhouse with um
1: oh uh, sam uh sam Elliott,
0: another mustache guy you guys are like sam guys Elliott, a, one
1: of the ultimate mustache guys he's right, the you guys have narrator a club. in the big lebowski
0: yeah oh yeah but that's another good mustache
1: you know and another dude who was talked into shaving his mustache for the, the Ang Lee version of the Hulk that was a devastating uh, bad move. Like, the yeah. second he was without his mustache, you're like, why?
0: <laughs> and hazard. then,
1: for the following Hulk, they had William Hurt grow a mustache. It was like
0: mind-boggling. Yeah. You're right, there, are, there should be like a, a rule book for mustaches. I mean, you know, some people definitely can't do it. Some people can, uh, I don't know, you either can do it or not. It's a, it's a very fine thing, fine line, you know? It
1: has and, to be serious. You just have to be sincere about it. Otherwise, you won't wear the mustache, it'll wear you.
0: Yeah, but just something about yours and, and the, the artists, people, and the people, actors we've mentioned that, it's just, it so works. It's so good. Um, but But you've always had your own style, your own image, you know, and it's great. You know, I don't think anybody else that's more more badass like in suspenders. I wouldn't feel cool. I mean, you look you have your image, you look who you are, you it's a confidence you put out. It's just it's not even a look, it's just who you are. It's evolved into more of a look.
1: You know, a lot of my quote look has a lot to do with me being a smart ass, you know, because I was a big nerd, as you would uh, call be called in school. Uh I was an overachiever, uh honor student, and suspenders and things like that are always associated with nerds. So, to me, it was like, oh, yeah. Well, how about this nerd? You know what I mean? That's always been my attitude. I'm just going to go ahead and wear suspenders and we'll see what we think.
0: Well, that's um, the thing. Everything you do is against the grain, but awesome. Like, I'm like, it doesn't look like, you know what I mean? Urkel. But it's if just- you really
1: want to see where I source my look from, it's a combination of Joan Jett's first album and a movie called Over the Edge. And there's a character in Over the Edge called Johnny the Boy. And that's directly where I take my look from because my mom over used to edge. call me Johnny the Boy.
0: Over the Edge. Who is that?
1: It's uh, Matt Dillon's first movie, and it's a a teen angst film from nineteen seventy nine oh. about a, a group of kids who who go crazy and take over their school during a parent teacher meeting and start a riot. <laughs> and it, it really is. It captures. You're about. You're close to the same age as me. If you when you see this movie, it's right up there with River's Edge. It's a it's a classic film, but it nails what it was like to be a kid in my generation.
0: Well, I'm actually, uh, I'm 52, so I'm a couple years older. I was born in 70. Um, so.
1: Oh, so, yeah, this movie, you would have been about now. He's saying I do remember, now. Saying, I remember, yeah. I don't remember
0: seeing it. I don't remember seeing it, but I do remember that movie. I was a big Matt Dillon fan. Uh, and it
1: was one of the first movies that had a, a concert, like a focused uh, rock and roll soundtrack of songs that weren't necessarily written for the movie. So it has Jimi Hendrix in it. It's got Cheap Trick. It's got and it starts off with uh the way the movie starts, it starts off with Hello you ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to rock?
0: Is that the movie where Is he meets a open... girl in like in a in a, couch, yeah. in a house and they play cheap trick? Yeah. Okay, in a, so yeah, then...
1: in a party. Yeah, at a party. And yep, and yep. then they find a gun and then they uh lock all their parents in the school and burn the uh cars down.
0: Yeah, I And I do. it's got
1: I... some classic lines in it too, dude.
0: I remember I do remember that scene. So like okay, so I probably did see it. I mean at this point, man, my mind is just starting to go. <laughs> Three kids and a grandkid. But my there's mind a character in that
1: movie named Johnny the Boy, and he doesn't speak, and he rides a skateboard, and he yeah. wears suspenders, and he rolls his jeans up, and he wears monkey boots, and he wears Devo glasses, and his shirts are tucked in, and his sleeves are rolled up. Like, I always loved that character when I was a kid. I'm like, this kid, he's got style, and he rolls his T-shirts up. Like, he's got a little sense of, like, you know, uh, it's almost like uh, stuck a feather in my cap and called it macaroni. <laughs>
0: That is a great reference. I've not heard that. I've never heard that referred to the, uh, the quote. Uh, that's a good one. Um,
1: well, Yankee Doodle Dandy is a real thing. It's what it means to be an American. Right. You know, it's almost like that uh, ghetto fabulous.
0: Right. It's, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm a little bit of a history person myself and dorky myself. So hearing that reference from somebody is kind of fun to hear, actually, because I don't think I'll ever hear it again from somebody <laughs> in a conversation, as a, in a, in a, like, is a real point.
1: Right. Well, I'm very <laughs> glad that I got to do that. Um,
0: so, you know, and 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 it's great that and I think what you write and that you're honest yourself and how you look. And I only say it because I think it's not about image, but it's I, I like to appreciate you being. It's, it's more about you just being real who you are, and wearing your life and your soul on your sleeve. And whether you're crazy, talk about all kinds of personal things, or you're just going over the edge, you're having fun, but Dr. roll. Or if you're crying because you're you're showing your emotion, your lyrics are in your song. Whether it's fun, goofy, silly, sad, you know, um, it's you. It's 100 you. You leave nothing at the, at the you know behind. And um,
1: well, you know, we have so many examples, and we kind of hit on this earlier, but we have so many examples in our life in general of so many quintessential stories of of the pursuit of fame and of show business. So and my point is, is that we know almost every wrong way to do it and uh, in advance. So it it was, with minimal effort, you can pretty much chart out a course going forward where you can, if you want to not do it the wrong way because so many people have done it already. And Joshua always says to me, uh, why don't we try to do it the way it's supposed to be done?
0: And I love
1: that concept.
0: He's very, you know, I will say he's he's one person on my list who, I, who I've yet to um who I'd love to talk to someday because he's also, you know, along the same thing as an artist who's very honest, and and and, and it's great for creative wellspring. So, you know, he it, inspires. It
1: doesn't tell you, you I, just to be in a room watching him inspire other artists is a a, a magic thing. And and I, let me say on the side that after you and i do this i can almost bet the farm that he will be available to do this too because we also have this beautiful little competition and we've been like we have this running joke about about uh doing interviews and things like that like uh i'm going to beat you to finding the person where i'm going to have the best conversation you know we always we have these like little inside jokes like i'm going to beat you to that one because we can it's easy to go sit down for any type of interview where you're like yeah. okay but i'm already loving this conversation i'm already a fan of this like you're this is my kind of thing in a a lot of ways and i'm so glad that you're doing this dude for real like just as a side note this is awesome so uh i'm gonna be petitioning joshua like dude do you want to have a rad conversation about music this is the place to go
0: thank you because that's that's what he loves to do and that's what it's about I, i thank you and please do but i mean and 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 that's why you 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 know you were a huge on my list, because and, and I'm a huge fan of you, and, and it just happens you guys have a lot in common. But I mean, and I say this a lot, I go, do you remember, And because you were the same age, remember when we were younger, and, and like in the 70s, you'd be at the show, and you're like, and there'd be an actor, or be like a TV show, you'd be like, oh, I don't like Doc and Crest, or something, whatever, because we were kids, and whatever, and then you see a profile on the actor, and also you'd be like, oh, you're like, oh, I I, I like that part, you okay? You, gonna, you okay there from a there? yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah. um
1: <laughs> when you're actually like i like this person
0: right but so so then you're like oh wait so i can disassociate so it's not just what they do like i can't be like throwing that this the, the first time you start learning not knowing the baby with a bathwater term like you're like i can't just make these broad things and and you know and that's one of the things with the show to me it's like it's just talking and, and a lot of people say casual conversations i know it's changed actually a lot of people start doing that it's about talking to artists adjust by music and it's all about the music. And and the real things in life and and, and making people aware and saying, you know what, maybe I've read some of these things about this artist or this person because I'm talking to you or whatever. I talked to um, Russell Hitchcock from Air Supply and you think, oh, "Oh, the the cheesiest thing in the world. He comes on and no one really has to know he's all tattooed. We're talking about tattoos and a lot of of rockers that were fans of them, but 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 they had to be quiet about it because they wouldn't look cool.
1: Right, which I and hate. you talk
0: about these things. Right, and you talk about these things, and it's like, and I said, look, like, I'm a guy. We'll be in a car. I'll be listening to ABBA, and the next song we we'll put on will be Slayer. You know, there's no such thing as guilty music, and, and like and I'll profile all different artists on the show, and sometimes it's not that big because they're like, who's this? I'm like, yeah, you know, I have Arthur Brown on. You know, God of God of Hellfire. Like you want to have on all different types of artists. Fire,
1: it's, I yeah. am the God of Hellfire, dude. If you ever get a chance to see him and talk to Arthur him. Brown. Brown.
0: Yeah, he is a great. He's got Zappa stories. He um he does um he, he talked about the, the time he met Jim Morrison. Um, he's been on, like two or three times. He's a funny guy. He's great. He's, he's he, guy. You'd
1: have to be to be him, and 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 he's like he's kind of my favorite type of of artist, if you will. And but that was at the time too. When you look back at that time, it was possible for artists like Arthur Brown to exist.
0: But he still does it now. He, he's like, he's, he's yeah. still singing spontaneously in one of our interviews. He's like in the 70s. I was startling because I wasn't expecting him to belt out this deep voice of his. Like It was like, <laughs> threw me off to hear it in my headphones. You know? It's amazing. It's, it, but but it's, we need more. It's, it's we need new Arthur Browns. We do. But he's real. And, and 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 one of the things I kind of hope from this show is is people can go, oh, I talked to this person or they can go in the same week. They'll say, oh, I, I watched the Airs of my thing. And then I watch, you know, Boots or, you know, electrical, like all this different, like whatever nickname you're going by, oh, I dig him. Oh, wait, who's this guy? You know, because it all comes down to a good song. You can't say, if you're a real songwriter, like Lost in Love has the perfect buildup for a good song. Like you cannot escape whether you like it or not as a songwriter. It's got everything in there as a pop song.
1: When the song's written well, you almost can't fuck it up. That's, that's what I was trying to demonstrate with our covers album specifically was I'm, I'm i'm covering these songs like careless whisper and what i'm trying to show is is that careless whisper isn't is, it seemed like a guilty pleasure but the song is so damn good yes and and allow me to try to demonstrate that by seeing if i can suck at it <laughs> and you know what i it's mean not, no it's, and, but it's, and,
0: it's, it's, you're so sincere about it though you don't have to have i mean who, you can't be better than the artist that made a good song. Like, you can't do a Queen song better than Queen. You can't do George Michael better than George Michael. Nope. George Michael sounded great doing Queen covers, but it still wasn't Freddie Mercury. Like, you can't outdo the artist. You and, and some of the best songwriters, the best songs, the vocals are not what you'd hear on American X Factor, whatever the shows are, because those yeah, vocals absolutely. Are, are, are almost a a, um, a stamp and a footprint of who you are. And 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 that's I favorite artists like I love when you say I like artists that have their own voice literally have their own voice,
1: yeah. And when it, they do it, and it's them, yeah. Like if yeah. if Tom Waits were to do a song, it'd be unavoidably Tom Waits.
0: Oh God, yeah, it would totally be the strongest thing in the song. You know, Tom Waits is just who he is,
1: and it wouldn't necessarily be hitting all the right notes, but it would be perfect.
0: And it would be, and and you know, notes are all uh, is um. That's an opinion piece of notes. You know, <laughs> of the best stuff doesn't. I mean, it's, it's
1: often said that the Rolling Stones sucked at being Chuck Berry, but they sucked beautifully.
0: <laughs> and well, thank they God that, they yeah. did. They, they took what they did and they and they, they took what they learned, just like we're talking about. It's already been done before. They took what they did and they just did, it, did what they heard and they, they put it out what they liked.
1: And you know? sometimes a beautiful attempt, even if it fails technically, is what makes the song. Perfect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's the the quote unquote screw ups that you listen to it afterwards and you're like, oh wow, that's cool. I'll leave that in.
0: Right. I think you and, and are a perfect example of one thing. Like I said, I would talk about like air like any of these bands I've had on, or, or yeah, you know, I, I said a lot of rockers and a lot of artists in a certain genre. I do I do lean towards, but I'll have someone on like um the oop player Jake Shimabukuru you know the, the the well-known ukulele player or something and he he talks about how he was writing songs with um with willie nelson what an interesting combination but it goes back to taking your mind out of that thought and your cover album that you do is something like you uh, i don't know if i'd expect him to do that i mean it's, i follow you so it doesn't surprise me but somebody kind of knows some of your stuff and things like eagle to death metal and then they see that cover album some of those songs they're like oh so to you you do kind of the same thing that i like you kind of take something that it's just a song and i want to show it to people because this is going to song and maybe i might introduce you to a brand new something you didn't know
1: and, and when you come to from a, when you come from a place of going uh i may not actually be able to be the best at this song but i love it and uh i'll pick it for that reason you know I, and a lot of times like with uh, careless whisper i knew going into it this is going to be a song that some people are not going to expect from me yeah And, but I feel like we should expect everyone to love good music.
0: I agree. And I think I don't, the phrase guilty music, it's, it does sound good. Guilty music kind of sounds like naughty. Like it's like, it's a thing, but the fact that it feels like to me, like a dig, like, like a band's a one hit wonder. I'm like, my God, can you guys get one song that everybody liked that you touched people with? And that's that's, a one hit wonder is like, is like a dig. Oh my God, that should be like a, like one of the compliments. That should be like being knighted because you, you that touches are the soul speaking of the world. my
1: language right now, brother, because I I hate phrases like that. Or or when you know when you find out things like that, Jimi Hendrix was frustrated towards the end of his life because he wasn't happy with how people were receiving his new songs and they would constantly want him to play Foxy Lady. And I'm thinking yeah. like, what a gift. The 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 miraculous a privilege to have anyone Wanting you to play a song that you've written for a long time would never bother me.
0: Right. And, and, and you know, and I, I'm not one to be in their shoes or judge people. Cause like, you know, I do get bored, but I, so I don't remember that situation, but to me, to know, you know, you come up to me. Like I listened to this one song and it, it, it got me through a hard time. I can tell you where I was for certain emotions, for certain songs, for certain bands that pulled me through certain times. And artists, I mean, to have been somebody that, you know, as a, as a horrible musician, if I could have written a song and somebody says, hey, this song here helped me this day, I would have been like, oh, my God, I could cry. Like, it seems like the best thing in the world.
1: It's the greatest compliment. And the, uh, because when I've been, you know, when I write Eagles of Death Metal albums, typically they've been to escape awful things. So when someone comes up to me and says, you know, I was going through a divorce and I was listening to this song, I'm thinking in my head, that's exactly what I wrote it to escape. And you've just validated me in a way that I couldn't hope to be validated. So uh, I become immediately grateful for it. I mean, when you look at the covers of them, for example, it's Love and Rockets, it's Guns and Roses, it's the Ramones, it's Cat Stevens, it's uh, Steve Miller. I mean, it kind of it goes left and right all over the place. But the thing that keeps it unified is that they're all good songs and. When the the greatest compliments I've ever been given are when like Love and Rockets, I'm hanging out with those guys at a bar, and they're like, "By the way, we love the version you do of So Alive." Nice. That is better than winning a Grammy.
0: Yeah, because it, it's it's something, it's real, it's like, it's flattering, and it feels good, you know. And like I can tell you, the handful of songs that I listen to now, I'm with my kids, um, and I had a fun time. I could listen to the car because my you know, my my wife feels like top forty or whatever. Not that guy as much, especially the newer stuff. And um, I listened to it, but not like everyone else. Point is, your album and Billy the Mountain are like probably two of the top five things. I can tell you that I listened to it with my kids that I had a lot of fun with in the car. You know what I mean? That's the
1: greatest compliment you can have. That's transgenerational. That's yeah. that's
0: the whole goal. I could play your whole album and I could enjoy it and feel like and my kids could enjoy it. I mean, the fact that you could, you could ent- entertain kids that were like single digits and then somebody who's in his 30s and 40s. And feel like he's not dumbing down to be able to create a, um an album like that. People actually go back and listen to the album because it's great. um it It's it's fun. It's it just it feels like. It, and and what's great about that album is, and this what made me really fall in love with your songwriting. Is and, and, and you, a simple. It sounds like you first hear it, you go, that's a simple song. But then you pull it back, pull back the engine of it to write a good simple pop song. is so hard. Right. And it's, and that's what people it's, don't it's, get. Th- so when you do an album of songs like that, I'm like, that is some great brilliance right there. That is hitting the nail on the head every single song. That's how. Well, I you know, I there's so play.
1: many as you put it out, one-hit wonders, so to speak. But to me, I see it as a as the grand book of sources, like yeah. because there's nothing new under the sun. We do have an ability to look at the great uh, 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 landscape of music and go well. If I can't do anything truly original, at least I'll do something from the bands that don't suck.
0: Right. And, and I think and he, here's, let <laughs> am give you both sides of the coin. Like I think the one hit wonder thing is to do one good song is great. Now I, I've talked to some people and it's probably like more like a pop artist. Right. And I don't mean it's like, I'm not like name dropping. I'm saying I have really just talked to the artists about these songs. And you have somebody like um, um, the safety dance or whatever. Right. Oh you yeah. remember that? without hats. Yep. And so I had him on. And and um, the last quote he had, he, he loves the song, he's fine with it. And I said, do you have anything you want to share with people at the end? He goes, he goes, tell the people they can still dance if they want to. Best quote ever. Ending. Amazing, thing, right? dude. Right? He goes, Amazing. tell them they can dance if they want to. Like, right. I mean, he may have used it before, but I don't care. To me, thank you. Now I talked to um, Steve Kilby from from the Church, you know, under the Milky Way Sky. So I mean, that's a big song. One of my on
1: favorite right. bands and the first concert right. I ever went to on my own.
0: The, the, the Rep, Reptile. I mean, that whole album, is just brilliance. Brilliant. brilliant. Um, but he's written, he's so prolific between soul albums, whatever. He's written so many albums. And everybody still only talks about it. He goes, he says, you know, he said, before we, I did this interview, I was on you know, Facebook going through like a probably like a, a, a church like fan page or whatever, right? He goes, if somebody says here, he'll never do better album than that album. He goes, how do they know? Like, what, what? I mean, yeah. i thought all these albums. So if you're an artist, it is. It's. I think it's frustrating because you, you, they don't let them get past that also, you know? It, it, and
1: it's a weird thing for a fan to say. It's something I personally never say. I, I I will try to resist saying something like, they'll never make a better record because what I'm really saying is, is I'll never accept anything else. And that's a well, choice. And that's a limit. That's self-limiting.
0: Well, okay. I'm a super music fan. That's why you know, we can really go deep. But let's say... I think when you had to music when you're younger, right, and, and you really felt it hit you the most is when you're younger and you're in your teens, and before in like up until how like college age for people, the twenty, twenty four. You don't have to be in college. You could be working and career stuff. Whatever you're doing, those are the most emotional times in your life, right? Right. And a lot of people either get married or divorced, or jobs and careers. You don't have that money. You're having kids. There's a, there's a time where you kind of you don't have as much energy for music for most people. And now right. they are back at our age again, literally with a disposable income and they're back again. And I think that's why rock has had a resurgence. And it was a dead zone. You know? But I think right. music hits people and they're like, well I think when I say that, it'll never get any better because you are at an emotional point and you were the most open for the music at that point. I can tell you, see Kilby. Yeah. And those church albums, really, really good those new ones. He's just as good. So I think yeah, absolutely. where you're where you're at when you when you hear the music, I listen to a lot of new music from my artists. I support the artists doing it. I support them, but they don't want to do it too. Do what you want.
1: You know? Yeah, the church, the church just played. I just saw them last week. It was epic.
0: See? And they have so many good songs now. But
1: yeah, dude, the they have good. the whole set was killer. And even though everyone was like, you know, obviously waiting for uh Milky Way and shit like that, still the whole show, whether they realized it or not, they were enjoying it while they waited for that song because every fucking song that he they played was quality. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, what, you know, the thing is been the churches, and I think the church is, is is similar, not sounding, but in a way, like, um, like you two, the riffs, absolutely, yeah, no, no, definitely, are like ambient in a way that you know it that they they hold the melodies together, but they they're, they're obviously in time and they're brilliant, or whatever, but they float in a way where the they overlap the lyrics, the melody, but it's not a certain structure where it's like two four two four, you know, it's it's different it all holds together, and then you're like, play that, play that riff. You're like, I can't really play a riff from a song. I can do the melody. I can do the chords, but you're not doing right. the song, you know what I mean? Because of the guitars are a part of the song and not just a riff. Absolutely. You know? I mean, absolutely, you know, I mean, absolutely dude. And that's why you don't hear, like, a lot of bands being, like, you know, certain cover bands. You can't do that. You can't cover certain artists.
1: No, you can't. You, you Simply, you can't. There will be no way of doing it. Um, there's no, there, there's certain bands, there's certain bands that I personally don't think I can cover, that I'll never be able to cover, and but I'm still gonna try by God, and and in the process of failing, I might learn something about myself that's incredible. You know what I
0: mean? Well, songwriting, I can tell you, like I am singularly. I've probably talked to some of the best guitarists in the world. So they've got, and they've got, and they've on their end got to talk to one of the worst guitar players in the world. So we've had the whole spectrum.
1: <laughs> right, but right, right. right. As,
0: as the worst guitar player, I love guitar. I would never play on stage and I'll play, but I'll learn a song that I think that may have been really boring. And then you play it and you think about how the song is written. You're like, Holy crap. This is a good right, song. Right, I get right. why it's popular because this is, these are some brilliant chords. These some notes are great. But when you hear it on the radio, you're like, Oh, it's music in the background yeah it's minimal discovered
1: yeah it's incredible sometimes things take a deeper that you have to kind of as a fan i feel like there's different types of fans and there's fans who are less and more thoughtful than other fans and sometimes you have to it, it you have to kind of scratch below the surface as a listener to yeah to hear everything you know and that's kind of the interesting nature of of the fanship of rock and roll of music in general there's the peripheral listeners the ones who will have it as background music there are those types of people that really they only like to play the radio they don't like to play songs and then there's people who will sit down and listen to it or take a deeper listen later or repeat something so they can hear a phrase for me when i'm listening to songs i will eventually get so obsessed with something that I'll start focusing on a, a single drum fill that, to me, I'm like, that's amazing. Just this one drum fill, like, you know, if you're listening to like a, a, a space truck in by Deep Purple, that third da 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 blah it, it's so badass. Just that yeah. one little moment. And when I'm listening to a song like that in the company of other artists, if you're paying attention, you'll notice is that point starts to come in the song that we all. You'll notice everyone in the room is doing the but it like you realize that it didn't just speak to you
0: it's, if you were willing to listen. And that's the thing. And those are two bands. Actually, I can tell you, I can say people that love r- really good drumming, you just put, peel back. People go back and listen to early Deep Purple, all Deep Purple, but innovative Deep Purple. Yes. yeah, Yes. And, um, and Jeff Tull. There are some yeah. drumming on no. those albums that are fantastic that nobody's ever kind of said, I mean, well, Yes, maybe. I have talked to him about that, but most guys have not gotten the full credit for that drumming like that.
1: No, and, and with Jethro that you bring that up. It's fascinating, too, that Tony Iommi was the guitarist for that band I know. <laughs> and he performed on Rock and Roll Circus and he would quit that week to start Black Sabbath. When you start to consider it on those terms, you see that there's a complexity in the songwriting that Is going to branch out and become other genres of music, and and that's one of my favorite things. Is when you see the immediate uh, uh, lineage of how music it spirals out exponentially. It doesn't just uh, influence people in a in a direct like lineage path. It goes exponentially. It these things can have like there's an old phrase that only 200 people bought the first Velvet Underground album, but everybody that bought it started an amazing band. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's a good one it, it's and it's funny like i don't think even knowing as much about music as i did i realized how many people and how much it overlaps until i did this show you know right I, you know I, i'm talking to bill you Buford start next, talking you know, to people i'm talking to this person and, and and there's certain artists that are always a connecting line and you know who's a connecting line a lot alan holdsworth either played with them or have influenced influence with them on guitar you know wow was, you know i hear that a lot um I've heard some great Alan Holtz stories. Of course, Dweezel's Apple had one of the best Alan Holtz stories. He says um, they were doing um <sighs> Valentine's Day. He goes, he goes, you know, our shows are not known to be a lot of romantic, you know, a lot of women don't come to the date shows, you know. But it was Valentine's Day, yeah. a lot of women came as dates. So we thought we'd do um uh I just crazy song, she's like the wind as a as a thing, you know. He goes, but what happened is right. Alan Holtz was there and we let him do the guitar solo. And you know how Alan doesn't do what he wants. He does an a and just his own tune, improvise. Yeah. It was, like, it was like a beautiful song. And then Alan just went in there and did this crazy off off, off solo that just crushed everybody, which is hilarious to Zappa fans, but it probably confused everybody else watching it. Yeah, um,
1: definitely. You would have to be sort of uh, pre-informed in the correct way to really fully get it.
0: Yeah, if you know Alan and, and his work, um, that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, One of the things I want to... We we, we, we played
1: with uh, uh, Skunk Baxter. yeah And Skunk Baxter joined the Eagles of Death Metal. And we did this show with him because, you know, the Eagles of Death Metal, we always... The way it's formatted is that it's the special forces of rock and occasionally we might have to call upon the greatest of the greatest to serve with Eagles of Death Metal. So when uh, Skunk was playing with us, we were doing this show... And he was doing three of the solos and literally when he would go into his solo, the whole band had to fight the urge to stop and turn and look at him.
0: Oh yeah. That's great. That that says a lot though. That says a lot. Oh, your picture froze. I can hear you. There you go. It was a good freeze though. It wasn't like really weird. Like your eye was like half closed or something. It was a good freeze on the, on the camera.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know where that freeze came from either. That was
0: odd, but it was a good side. The freeze though. It was a really good one. Um, I, I know we take up a lot of time. I didn't really plan for this, but I want to thank you, but I do want to say I would do one last thing though. On a, you know, a little more on a serious note. I want to break we had a good good talk here, but um you are you're um been raising money and it's a serious medical thing for um your your for girlfriend, girl. your woman. Yeah. Um we can talk about it. just briefly just a little bit of awareness and I want people where they can go and they can donate and help help take care of this is very important.
1: Yeah, Tuesdays Army 22 on Instagram is uh, our main outlet for information. And you can always go to my Instagram, Father Badass. But uh, my girl had an asthma attack a year ago and was in triage, casually misdiagnosed by the receiving nurse. And that resulted in them stopping her heart, breaking her lungs, and then trying to pretend like it never happened. So we've had this struggle. I was told that she would never open her eyes again, that she would never recognize anyone and that no matter what was employed, that she wouldn't live longer than six months. And here we are a year later, her feeding tube has come out, her breathing tube has come out. She's beginning to try to speak and walk on her own. She's trying to move her limbs. She recognizes uh, everyone. She knows everyone. Um, She's probably the toughest, most amazing person I've ever known in my life. And even after everything that's happened to her, when you walk into the room with her, she will smile at you. And when she smiles at you, it feels like the sun gets brighter. I don't know how really else to describe it, but um, basically I went up against the medical system and I got to see the ugly reality of, of what happens when the medical system decides that you're trash. And I just am not having it. And the amount of of rallying that's taken place the fans so to speak who have come to the aid you know in the very beginning when she got hurt they were getting ready to take her off life support and take her organs and i had nothing that i could do but i reached out to the fans and said please call this hospital and tell them that you know who's there and that they need to take care of her and thousands of people called this hospital and that first effort of turning the spotlight on it saved her life. And I don't think that the fans, that the individuals will ever know how much I appreciated it. And I know that everyone did it without any hope of me knowing. So Tuesday is a demonstration of the best of community, so to speak right now. It, it, and
0: it, it, the awareness you're bringing is so important. I mean, you know, it doesn't get. And I'm gonna say what people love love stories. This is the best love story. This is better than a Disney story. I mean, your love for her, the the, the battle, you know, is is real love. This is what real love is. It's you know, she she not- was at the
1: battle with me, man. And when the only reason I got out of that place is when I was trapped on that stage, I couldn't find her. I couldn't see her. And when I couldn't see her, this obsession immediately jumped into my head that I got to find her. And I had, I didn't think I was going to live. I just, I prayed and asked God, look, I'm not asking you to let me live. Just let me live long enough to get her out of here or to distract these fools. And when I finally found her, she was hiding between two of the bad guys car, probably the worst place you could hide. But she hid there so that she could get a commanding view of everyone coming out because she wasn't going to leave me. And she didn't. And we found each other. And I'll be damned if I'm ever going to leave her, you know, and watching this amazing fight of hers that she's winning, you know, once you see it, you just want to help her win. That's really kind of the way it is. And, and, and every success that we have now has been fan financed, if you will, she's undergoing hyperbaric chamber treatment, which has been miraculous. And that has been almost entirely financed by the fans who were very like The legal fight that I had to put up to prevent the hospital from taking her off life support and taking her organs, you know, was nearly a million dollar effort. So when it came time for other funds, the the response of the rock and roll community, because Tuesday's loved beyond me. She's an incredible bass player. She's an incredible artist and one of the funniest people in the world. Let me give you an anecdote of how funny she is. When the first Boots Electric album was coming out, I wanted to originally call it Raped by Miracles. And we were having this meeting at the label and the label was like, dude, what's wrong with you? There's no way that we're ever going to be able to call this album that. And so Tuesday was in the office with us and she goes, fine, fine. We'll call the album raped by bleep. And I'm (laughs) like, yeah, uh, miracles was the offensive word here. (laughs) You know, like that. And she says it as serious as a heart attack and, and it gets, it catches the whole room off guard. You know what I mean? That's that's the girl she is. And it's going to be a long road for her to come back, but she's coming back. And uh, every penny has gone to helping her. So uh, any, anything that anybody wants to even just get involved in, we appreciate it. So you can go to Tuesdays Army 22, which is the Instagram or father badass, which is mine. And there's a GoFundMe uh, account set up. We also have it so that, the facility that she gets her hyperbaric chamber treatment some of the fans have just been calling the center and buying her sessions i mean it's tuesday's army 15 oh thank you thank you thank you tuesday's army 15 tuesday's army 15 i'm i'm going to put the link. i'll put the link
0: up sure. the link the link will be underneath here anyhow they can i'm encouraging people to support it and i think that's why i've been following along and how important this is um and i was hoping that maybe you know, you're someone I want to talk to, but also it was where you're at with this, I want to push it some more and give us some more light. And hopefully, you know, this can help get a little more attention also to um some more fun. And just, just as a little insight out.
1: into to the things you think may not be possible or you may not ever expect, but she's unable to speak and unable to, you know, move her hands and her arms. And yet when, we've had to go into hyperbaric chamber treatment because she can't speak. I have to go into the chamber with her. And when that door closes on that chamber and it seals and the pressure starts to build, you know, we've shared these beautiful moments together, she and I, and she can't even speak. And the the depth of, of emotion and the quality are so intense, but they're taking place while she's unable to even speak. My point is, is that, communication and what the heart can can communicate and bond over doesn't require words it just requires action and time and the time some of the time i've been spending with her has been invaluable and 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 the most cherished moments of my life and she's unable to even speak. And even in this condition, the best I've ever been in my life have been the past year in the endeavors that I've undertaken for her. It's made me the best person that I've been in my whole life. And and I owe this to her when she can't even speak. You know what I mean? Like, I you have to be willing to see the things that are happening in front of you. And if you aren't, you won't.
0: I think if, yeah, and, and better people... Being around better people can actually sometimes bring out the better person you that just didn't have the the light or the air. And, you know, and it's very clear that she's that to you, you know. She is, and, and like, she's
1: kicking ass. And I can't help but to think of all the people who've gone through something similar but haven't had the resources that I have. The idea and thought of me to having to endure watching the medical system taking the life of your loved one and you can't do anything about it is something that I can't stomach. I just can't allow that going forward.
0: So you know, people need to be aware. I mean, this is a perfect example. Question things. Doctors aren't always right. Question them, question them, question them and then question and, them again.
1: The, uh, one moment, one moment, a split second of, of a decision can truly devastate a life if it's not thought out and you have to be on top of things you can't trust anything when it comes to your loved ones you have to be personally involved you have to be on like i've had to be i've had to gain a functional uh understanding of basic medicine so that i know what i'm hearing when i'm talking to these doctors so that i'm not getting uh you know corn swoggled
0: another good word topic i I love that word Hornswoggle, I like the word jibber-jabber, too, not to get sidetracked for a but jibber-jabber is another good one. No, jibber-jabber,
1: that's a, a, another word, and, and uh, uh, chinwag.
0: Oh, that's a good one, yeah.
1: I like chinwag. Own Let's book. go have an old chinwag.
0: That's <laughs> okay. <sorry>.
1: Whenever my <laughs> grandpa would say that, I would always think in my head, you know, I get it you're saying chinwag, grandpa, like it's like nothing meaningful, but I have a feeling these are going to be some very important words you're about to give to me.
0: That's the best guess. I mean, you know, and that's Sorry, I, I weave in and out and, and not take away how important this is. This is super important and, and you, you you know, it's, it's very it just acts as a layer of how much more it doesn't um,
1: take away how important it is. It's <laughs> no, it's no. good to laugh.
0: It is and, and, I, and even I in that. the
1: conversation about Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. is it's to me it's joyful to undertake these endeavors. I can't imagine doing anything else
0: ever. No, it's very important. It's very important and you know, I think um and I hope, you know people see this and they enjoy the, the, the dorky musical talk we've had. And, um, and they, and then they also help out with Tuesday, you know, um, and raise some money, you know, and, um, and, and, I, and sometimes I, I, maybe at some point you want to come back, you can do some uh, deep record dives and geek out again. Um, and I really, well, I want to
1: get in on a conversation like between you, myself and Joshua. I want to get like, yeah, I, I would love to come on your show in a powwow situation. Cause, uh, I love the discussions we've had. I'm a I'm a music fanatic. And I, I'm a deep dive history dude. And uh, I can tell you are too. So I was, if you couldn't tell, I, I've been getting periodically and increasingly like enthusiastic and excited. Like, oh,
0: dude, you know about this? Cool, we can talk I, about I this couldn't, I try to keep on track because love... I've I realized that though. Sorry, and I, 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 I get excited. I talk over someone. I realize that some shows I've gone so, I can go so far and I'll lose somebody because I'm like, I'm oh, sorry. Because I'm like, I love to banter about the really deep, let's go so, so deep. You know what I mean? It's exciting. Well, you know, I think we all do. That's why that
1: movie with uh, uh, Jimmy Page, The Edge, and Jack White was so yeah. popular. Because they just sit down and talk. And it's what you're able to, re- what's revealed during the time of this interaction, which is so precious and valuable. Mm-hmm. That's that's why we love them. You know what I it's mean?
0: It's you, you actually said that, the- that movie. The first thing I thought about was this is going to get loud. That that's the movie I thought of when you first. We even said what it was. That's the movie I thought about. Like I, I felt like that's yeah. what you were going to say because
1: it's. Yeah, that, well, that is the movie I was talking about.
0: I know that's what I'm saying. It was it still it's perfect. Cause I thought that when you said it, I envisioned it, totally in the same it, wavelength on it.
1: This is what I'm talking about, baby.
0: I know. Let's. Do I it. love you immediately. Well, it's it's a mutual it's a mutual thing. Let's you know you you, you seem to uh, put a schedule together. Talk to him. We'll do it. I'd love to go deep dive in in this with you and him.
1: I'm going to talk to him right after I get off the phone with you, and I also just want to say, because I'm very proud of this, but I just raced in the Mint 400, and we called the car Tuesday's Army, and for the first time in the history of the Mint 400, which is the race from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the one with Johnny Depp, uh, we won, and I was a driver. It's never happened in the history of the race, and we won. Uh, Tim Montana was my teammate, and dude, Talk about full circle evil Knievel stuff right there, dude. Uh, it's like Road Warrior. That race is like Road Warrior. And to actually have, uh, I was just so focused in the zone, I had this oh, moment of driving <laughs> where, uh, and I don't know how else to describe it, but that's the only way I know how to describe what happened out there in that vehicle. With my, you should have gone with-
0: live, you should have gone live on Instagram for those of us who could never experience it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm putting together a, a a reel, so it will be like a first person. But you know, it's a 97. Each driver does 97 mile lap, and you are wow. out in the middle of nowhere, and only 20 percent of the vehicles that enter the race even finish. So I did the last lap. So on that final 30 miles, it's just burning carcasses of cars.
0: What were you driving? I, I'm not a supercar guy, but what were you driving to, to do that?
1: It's 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 basically like a Formula One dune buggy. More people okay. have gone into outer space than have driven it. When I get off uh, this with you, I'm going to send you uh, a couple of videos. Oh, please. That show you the car. And it's the winner's circle, too. Like that moment. And I dedicated my trophy win to everybody that ever took my lunch money.
0: <laughs> That's the best revenge. And I love the fact that, you know, you. and this is the best revenge for people that have been bullied. You push through, you know, you will survive, and 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 you can do better because usually the bullies. I remember the bullies now. I was never. I was bullied too, but not probably. You know. But the point is, I see them now. They're 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 not. Um. You know, they're not where you thought they were going to be. No, they're and not. And uh, you you surpassed you know, them. When I, you I got bullied quite a bit,
1: and it's it's informed a lot of my records. Our first record, when I was in seventh and eighth grades, these two bullies would constantly bully me about. I you can't tell if he's a boy or a girl. Uh. So I was like, I got okay. That, so our first album. Is pink and baby blue. There you go. Uh, mrf Uh, you, you don't know. Well, figure this out. That's cool.
0: Yeah. And, and 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 it's, but it's important. I can relate to that because I was a, a skinny long haired guy with, you know, earrings and rocker and, but you know, not a lot of rockers. Also you see it now. You're not part of a community. You're, you're just, you know, you don't fit in, but you've stood yeah. up yourself. And and, and, and those people now These make fun of me are like, I see them and they're like, "Oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, that's cool." Like I'm like, "You didn't care back then, you know? It's not a big deal." Like I don't have to be right. judged about it because I, I know because I'm past that. And or they've you've seen their lives fail a million times over because they thought they were going to be this thing. And it's not about being vindictive. It's like you know, being true to yourself and just being who you were, and not being mean. You to know, people. in a way, and I've
1: had I've had former bullies come up to me and say similar things, but in a way, I I, I smile and and I'm always gracious about it because in in my head I'm thinking, you know what. Whether I wanted you to or not, you actually informed some of my songwriting, and uh, right. so in that respect, I will give credit where credits due.
0: Have you ever and had people change? Like, apologize, like I've had that. They say um, I'm sorry, and and that can be important too because how how they see things and what's going on in their life, they can be abused or, or picked on, and they're doing it as a as a thing as a child. How you react is differently. And if they say I, was, I accept those apologies, I, I totally do because I get it. I get it. I mean, I was never like that. I didn't ever remember that. But I understand. And I'm like, I understand, and absolutely. Cause I'm cool also
1: honest about the fact that I was weird when I was a kid. So I kind of get it too.
0: I know, but it's it's a weird society though. But the, you know, if you can, everybody can acknowledge it. And we got through it. There's a healing process across the whole thing. It is kind of cool in a dorky sort of way. Yeah.
1: Well, it's all of that adversity that made us better. My grandmother always said that when you pray, when you ask God for help, He sends you trouble, and and it, that is in a, a a very serious way, very true. Every trouble that I've gone through has prepared me for something. If it weren't for Paris, I would never have been in the in the uh, preparation to fight for Tuesday the way I did. I don't think I ever could have do, done it. And so I've had these weird moments where. I found myself being grateful, which seems impossible, but grateful for what I went through. Because if it weren't for that, I would never have had the ability to muscle a fight. Because I'll tell you this, whatever happened in Paris is one thing, but it ain't got nothing on what I've gone through with the medical community. Nothing. The terror that I've felt passively at the hands of just doctors is Paris ain't got nothing on that.
0: Well, you're helpless in a way. Paris, you could run. You felt like you still had something. I
1: know where the enemy was. And they whether or not, right. I, I, I'm not saying I, I admire them for this, but at least they had the balls to let me know they hated me. And But when someone's under the guise of being your servant or being there to truly assist you in the preservation of life, then you can tell that's the last thing they want to do. That becomes, uh, it's a gut punch in and of itself.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and you know, there's so much out there that's like that, you know. It's it's insane. It, it is. You know, I think it's it's important that people, I want people to go back. I can't, I'm going to post this on my socials too. Uh, some of this stuff, um, the fundraiser stuff to the people to check out and um, support. Uh, awesome, so also, brother. Also, Thank also, you, also, dude. Well, it's very important. I mean. I think it's important. Which, you know, a lot of things we talked about are important, but the most important is, is 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 helping get you know, Tuesday back to full capacity health again. Um, and the other takeaway is people is, is just music is music, and it's no so guilty music, and we love music, and um, enjoy life.
1: People use music to heal and to escape and to recover. And- right. It, it, it's it's a beautiful thing the way the the music world is helping Tuesday to do the same, and that's why I look forward to when Tuesday and I are having a discussion with you.
0: I, w- I would love that. I'd be honored. I would be honest. Um, I want to thank you for being on the show. Obviously, we'll do more. This is hopefully it's the beginning of something because I love. Oh, I'm your
1: people. loyal asset as well as your fan. So uh, I-, I love it. Think of it that way.
0: Thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me, dude. And I I needed this, so thank you very much.